Finally, in our last session, we deal with prophecy. Prophecy. People will be trampling each other to get uh, in, in here uh, for that fourth session because if there's anything that fascinates people in Orange County, of course, it's prophecy. The fact of the matter is there, there is an apologetic based upon prophecy, though it's not the kind of prophecy uh, that is especially emphasized here. Uh, and we would recommend that you pick up a copy of the book, Christ Our Advocate, Christ Our Advocate, which has uh, this uh, prophetic apologetic uh, set forth along with a number of other important subjects. We are dealing tonight with the new age, the new age. Uh, some of the material that I'm presenting tonight, uh, I presented in Basel, Switzerland at a conference of the European uh, Evangelical Alliance. Uh, the reason why this occurred in Basel, Switzerland is that the Swiss have a very lackadaisical attitude toward cults and sects. It's very easy for cults to establish their headquarters in Switzerland. It's also very easy for them to establish educational institutions in Switzerland. So in Basel, which is right on the border of France and Germany, uh, you have various uh, crazies appearing at one time and another uh, and uh, it was felt by the European Evangelical Alliance that that would be a very appropriate place to have a conference on the New Age and uh, I was asked to uh, deal with the New Age in that context. This is not precisely what was done there. Um, I benefited, if we can use the term loosely, from uh, a, a gentleman from Southern California who had taken his doctorate from the Fuller School of World Mission, I believe it was, uh, and um, this gentleman told me that my presentation was superficial uh, and that the real question was friendship. Um, and he spent an hour at the conference teaching people how to make friends. Uh, because if you make friends with New Agers, then presumably all of the stuff that I'm going to give you tonight would really not be necessary at all. Uh, you can judge at the end of the evening if you feel that that's the case. Uh, and uh, uh, if, if you do feel that he's correct, um, I don't want to be your friend. All right? <laughs> all right. Now, when we deal with any non-Christian and any non-Christian ideology or viewpoint, we have to have a starting point. And the starting point is the nature of Christianity. The nature of Christianity. And fascinatingly enough, we don't have to speculate about this because in the New Testament, the nature of Christianity is expressly set forth. If you go to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 3, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 3, there Paul defines the gospel. He says, I tell you the gospel, huh? by which you are being saved if you keep it in mind, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. The passage goes on and lists people who saw the risen Christ. But that, of course, is the evidence for the truth of what the gospel actually sets forth. Uh, people are saved through 
the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection in the context of the scriptures because the scriptures tell you who Jesus was that he is God Almighty come to earth uh, to die for the sins of the world and to rise again for our justification now <laughs> this is non-negotiable there is no Christianity worthy of the name apart from this and <clears throat> the the Lutheran fathers knew what they were doing when they defined the church as the place where the gospel is, is rightly preached and the sacraments administered in accordance with the gospel. The gospel is the defining mark of the church. If it's presented, you've got the church. If it isn't presented, you don't have the church. Uh, this uh, you know, is worthy of emphasis because there is a lot of religion.